right, good afternoon, everybody. Once again, it is Sports Social with Ed Easton. We are live and direct here from the Soundcast FM studios in Brooklyn, New York. We weren't on yesterday, but uh, there's plenty of reason for that, and I'm going to get into that actually right now. I did mention the fact on Monday's show that I was going to Monday Night Raw. Besides having to work yesterday, I just need to put this out there. The show for Monday Night Raw at Barclays Center in Brooklyn was incredible, at least in my opinion. You got to see multiple shows being uh, recorded and as well as the live broadcast of Monday Night Raw from 8 o'clock on. It was a fun experience, especially for since it was a sellout crowd. I mean, I couldn't see an empty seat in the house. Everybody just screaming and chants. It was just a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot of drinks were being had by everyone, and uh, some of the chants were not PG, if that's one way of putting it. But uh, nevertheless, a fun show. I lost my voice in the process. Yesterday, I think I didn't really get it back fully till like last night. I mean, it was that much fun. And uh, like I said, shout out to everybody that uh, that definitely came out for that. And the WWE put on a great show as well. I think that was the last stop on the road to WrestleMania as it takes place this Sunday in Dallas, Texas. In the house that Jerry built. The house that has not seen a Super Bowl champion. Just want to throw that in there for those Cowboy fans. In regards to the whole wrestling thing, I'm not going to get into it because we're going to have a whole day of it tomorrow. I'm actually going to have Dr. Black. He is the wrestling, I don't know if you call him an expert or a guru. I don't know what he wants to call himself, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He calls himself a doctor. He's a doctor of wrestling. That's what I should be saying. He'll be joining me in studio as we have a whole show dedicated to just WrestleMania preview. That'll be tomorrow's show. We'll have some callers as well. Uh, just to preview the entire card, because it's, it's a lot of matches. There's some pre-show matches that are going to be on USA Network, as well as the uh, the main show itself. It's going to be on the WWE Network. So it's uh, it's WrestleMania. So we're going to preview the whole show tomorrow. We're going to save all that for tomorrow, because today's show, we have so much to deal with in regards to not just the baseball season starting this Sunday that I think a lot of people need to be aware of that opening day is officially this Sunday. But we have these different dramas going on in sports. Not even just sports, just in the NBA. The NBA itself has become, I can't even say it's just a league like, you know, you want to watch the games, you want to watch great athletes play. It's become its own soap opera. You hear more about what they're doing off the court than they do on the court. It's incredible. And, you know, we could blame this on this being the social media age and everybody having opinions and everything. Information just gets leaked out so quickly. But let's be honest. Don't you think things are getting a little out of control? And it's especially a lot of it is to deal with the different love lives of these uh, athletes. If it's not James Harden and Khloe Kardashian or Khloe Kardashian and Lamar Odom, 
you got Derek Fisher and Gloria Govan, you know, Matt Barnes. It's it's all like connected. And now we add two more, two more controversies to the mix. It's it's just funny. These two these two different controversies just really just happened within the last two days in terms of it becoming publicly aware and how this crosses over to not just sports but music entertainment uh, it's everything it's let me just break them down real quick because we're going to get into it into deep detail in our second hour we're gonna have lincoln ricketts mad links on twitter break it down for us because it's it's gotten to the point that it's it's out of control the one that just broke last night d'angelo russell apparently snitched on his teammate Nick Young he recorded him talking about being with other women and such because you know everybody knows he's engaged to rapper Iggy Azalea well apparently Russell's recording didn't sit well with Iggy, you know Iggy Azalea as you would expect so now Nick Young is in a bit of a of a tough situation with his fiance and because of that it's kind of like he broke a guy code. No one on the team trusts him. Like they won't sit with him. They won't, they really won't like talk with him. He's lost a lot of respect within the locker room. And, and for a lot of people who have not played sports or understand what it means to have that respect within the locker room, it's a big deal. You can't go into battle with a guy you don't trust. And at this moment, from the Lakers players perspective he's not really a trustworthy guy it's it's almost like you took i'm not saying what nick young is doing is right if he is in fact seeing other women and such but the trust within the team concept and bringing a personal matter within that it's uh it's gonna be a tough sled especially since d'angelo russell's a rookie huge mistake we're gonna dive into that one as well as the, I don't know if the word's, biz, it, it's bizarre, but uh, crazy situation with Kyrie Irving and I'm guessing now his ex-girlfriend, Kalani. Apparently, she got back with her other, her former boyfriend was cheating on Kyrie at the time. Um, and just got a party next door. He uh, put up an Instagram post of her late, of her pretty much her hand as they're laying in bed together causing a huge stir yeah it's causing a huge stir obviously on social media because everybody's come up with different memes like Kyrie you know getting cheated on and it just made fun of this situation at first it seemed like it was kind of light you know the people were just poking fun at the situation and then later that night after you know Kalani took down her Instagram, she put it back up, and she's in a hospital bed talking about how she thought about committing suicide because of the situation. Yeah, I had to pause because suicide. I'm, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, wow. That's how we can get. The social media, you know, bashing and, and things like that, and the shaming, as a lot of people like to throw that word around now that she thought about and attempted to commit suicide. 
It's got this old, you know, whole nother discussion that's brewing from it. And, you know, Kyrie Irving obviously is in the middle of it. It's, it's gotten really messy. That's the nicest way to put it, right? It's, it's gotten out of control. So, like I said, plenty to discuss on that one. I'll save that for Lincoln. He's more of an expert in regards to that, both of those situations as to why it's happening. He's followed it, I believe, from the very beginning, from the very first post. So he'll give us the uh, breakdown regarding that. Um, also, I was talking about with baseball and just the breakdown of what's going on with them. I did the Mets and the Yankees on Monday. I kind of want to get a full spectrum of who's the team to beat in baseball. We're going to have Rich Rivera from the Hit Talkers join me in a couple of minutes. Give his thoughts on that. He's a huge Yankee fan as well as, you know, as I am. So, uh. We're going to see if we can try to keep it not too Yankee focused, but we're going to see how other teams are preparing for this season as it is this Sunday. And uh, just get his little predictions, his early preseason predictions. Does a great job for us on KeepItAReelSports.com. So it'll be great to hear his thoughts regarding it. Uh, we're also going to have, uh, towards the end of the show, an uh, interview with um, two people from this, this great short film, Bittersweet. It's called Bittersweet Film. And... Um, it's coming out this Friday, I believe, on Brooklyn Public Access. This is really a, a community project and a big part of the Bed-Stuy uh, pop-up. And obviously, they're going to have a lot more information regarding it. So we're going to have Brianna Abdullah. She's the director of the film. And Holly Gouge, who's the actress, one of the actresses in the film as well. And we're going to talk with them in regards to what it's about. And honestly, and I'm actually going to try to see if I could dive in. And see if any of this has to do, because it's a love story. If they have any advice for the people I just named before, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Nick Young, Kyrie Irving, and all these athletes that are having problems in the love department. Let's see if they have any advice on it, as well as they talk about the new film before it premieres this Friday. And as always... Because this is sports social, we keep it very social, keep it very open to people giving their thoughts, their opinions throughout the broadcast. The number is 516-900-2278 at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. Look at me, I'm going to slur my words, at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. Hit me up there if you have any questions, well as song requests. I was taking song requests on Monday. And I got like different things in regards to, you know, NSYNC and, and, and Spice Girls. You know, let's see if we can get certain requests that are within reason. I don't want to get too poppy, but like I said, I'm not for one genre all the way. Even though I do like hip hop, but I don't just discriminate. So if you have rock music, tell me something to play. We'll see if we can get on if it's appropriate. But uh, as always, we're taking your sports questions, 516-900-2278 here on Soundcast FM. And like I said, just it's Wednesday. You're in the middle of the work week. A lot of people are. Just enjoy the vibes. Enjoy the day. Take it very simple. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about getting that money, right? You know where I was going with this. We'll be right back to Sports Social.
the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the gold tooth. Low goose, only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking wounds at 16. And running up in gates and doing hits for high stakes. Making my way on fire skates. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the dough off. Sticking up right, boys, on war court. My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick tight click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas, rolling in MPVs every week. We made 40 G. Yo, brothers, respect mine. I ain't gonna take now. Bow, move from the gate now. Cash moves everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Cash moves everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. It's been 22 long, hard years. I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I'm for the streets to stay awake to the ways of the world deep a man with the dream with plans to make cream was fail i went to jail at the age of 15 a young buck selling drugs and such who never had much trying to get a clutch on what i could not touch the court played me so now i faced incarceration pacing no one upstates my destination handcuffed in back of a bus 40 of us life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough but as the world turned i learned life was hell Living in the world no different from a cell Every day I skate from takes, giving chase Selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed But I'm still depressed And I ask what's it worth Ready to give up so I seek the old earth Who explain working hard may help you maintain To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain You got stick up kids, corrupt cops and crack rocks And spray shots all on the block that stays hot it up to me while I be living proof To kick the truth to the young black youth But shorty's running wild, smoking cess, drinking beer And ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear Neglected for now, but yo, it got to be accepted That what? The life is hectic Cash moves everything around me Cream, get the money Dollar, dollar bill, yo Cash moves everything around me Cream, get the money Dollar, dollar bill, yo Cash moves everything around me Good way to get your day started. Sports Social with Ed Easton. We just had a little Wu-Tang. Cash rules everything around me. The good old cream. Classic record. And uh, it's actually... It actually makes sense for me to play that record for the simple fact that the guy that I have calling in in about another minute or so is a Staten Island native. A very proud Staten Island native. And uh, we're going to get him on, like I said, in another minute or so. 
But uh, we'll, as always, we're taking your calls, 516-900-2278. I do want to talk more about this baseball season as it is starting this Sunday. Just to get an overall gauge of what's going on. As we do have our caller on the air right now. Rich, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Good afternoon. How's it going? We got Rich Rivera once again, the host, co-host of the Hit Talkers as every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And uh, Yes, that's 8 p.m. 10, uh, itcurated.com. We're a new show, and uh, hopefully you guys can tune into that. Definitely, definitely. I was on it yesterday. It's a great show. And, uh, you oh, know, and Ed was a fantastic <laughs> guest yesterday, breaking down the WrestleMania 32 card for this Sunday. Excellent job, Ed. Thanks for having me. It was great to have you on. Appreciate it, man. It was not easy. I mean, you guys threw out, you know, this bracket was tough, man. It was a tough bracket. Oh, it was a very tough bracket, yeah. <laughs> but uh, definitely, you guys should hear that. If I'm pretty sure you guys have that on podcast on, already, so definitely uh, check that out. But, uh, Rich, I know you as being one of the biggest baseball fans, and not only that, he's pretty much, I, I, would, call us, he would, call, I would call you like our biggest uh, baseball correspondent for Keeping a Real Sports as okay. you did a great job last season. Now, we are only a few days away from opening day. Yes, sir. I just need to give you your thoughts. I know you're a Yankee fan, and I said I'm not going to keep it too Yankee-focused. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts going into opening day? Uh, who are your teams to look out for? You know, which players you feel like are going to have big years? We're just doing early predictions at this point. Well, on paper at this point, because I really have no choice in the matter, uh, the Cubs look fantastic. I mean, they made some big additions over this offseason in signing Jason Hayward and Ben Zobris and adding John Lackey as a third starter uh, to an already great rotation. Uh, I think the Cubs have to be the favorites out of the National League, uh, the Central Division at least. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, of course, you can't count them out. Uh, defending World Series champions, you know they're going to make a run for it. Toronto Blue Jays, although... They, they're taking a hit with their pitching. The pitching is a little bit of an X factor, but they're going to hit 200 home runs, uh, without a doubt. They're going to hit 200 home runs, and that's going to be among probably six players uh, at the least. So uh, those are our three favorites right there. I'm not going to count. I can't count the Mets. Uh, the Mets have a, an outstanding pitch rotation, probably the best in baseball, if not the best in baseball, one through five. Uh, even with Zach Wheeler out for most of the season, I still think they have a fantastic rotation. Um, it, it will be interesting to see how their bats come through. I'm really looking forward to this kid, Michael Conforto. I think he's something real special out there. I mean, we, we're we're going to be talking, looking at the Giannis Cespedes, obviously. Lucas Buda is probably going to hit another 25 to 30 homers. This kid, Conforto, might have a big year for this team uh, and can really be an X factor. And, you know, and we're not going to keep this Yankee bias. And listen, I as much as I love my Yankees, I don't see them as a real favorite in the American League East. I think they'll have a good season. I think the team will have a good seventy-five to eighty-five win season. I just don't think they have the team yet to uh, accomplish their their goals in winning another World Series. But it, it hurts to hear that an eighty-five win season is considered a good season for the New York Yankees. That just doesn't sound right. <laughs> it sounds very weird. I, I it does know. sound it does sound very weird, but the competition is really way too great. You know, the American League East is all, is all, is always a tough division to try to win, and when the Blue Jays uh, are a team that's always improving, and the Red Sox, you just never know with them. They can either have an up uh, a really down season, or they can really be unstoppable. 
it's it's really tough to say. You know, the Yankees just need to pull through. You know, they have a lot of players that have been around the game. Uh, you just don't know how consistent uh, they're going to be with their with the bats or with their arms, or, and who's going to stay healthy. It's it, it's such a tough call with the Yankees because there's so many axe factors. You mean if you ask me in 2017 <laughs> after a few of these contracts are up and seeing you know how this team's maybe not even 2017 but 2018, uh, I, I think that you'd have a better answer for me because you'll have a more core uh, of younger players. Hopefully, no one gets traded by that time, but we'll see what happens. And, you know, it's funny because we go back to the American League East. As you see, you know, our rival, the uh, Boston Red Sox, they made some moves. Uh, what are your thoughts on David Price? Do you feel like he's even, you know, going to be much of a difference to this team that struggled last year? And obviously the whole, you know, the whole season, my opinion, is going to turn into a big David Ortiz send-off. Like, what are your thoughts on the Red Sox? Are they going to be a bounce-back team? I The Red Sox are an interesting case. Now, when it comes to David Price, David Price is considered in the probably the top five of elite starting pitchers in all of baseball. How do I feel about David Price with the Red Sox? Uh, you know, I still think he's going to be David Price. The problem is, how is David Price going to be in Fenway Park? I think this is a guy who who can get lit up easily in a in a hitter's ballpark. This is not a pitcher's ballpark by any stretch of the imagination. It hasn't been. It's, it's shown the last few years when you've had guys like Clay Buckle and Rick Porcello have respectable seasons and fall from grace, as you saw in the 2015 season. Uh, I'm just not seeing David Price having as much success as he's had in that ballpark. When it comes to David Ortiz, this is obviously you're expecting a big send-off. This is probably not, I would say, on the record, he is the greatest designated hitter of all time. Oh, man, I don't know. Is he going <laughs> to get a Derek Jeter send-off? I don't think so. Uh, it's it's hard to, to talk about that sort of class when you're talking Jeter and Mariano Rivera, and not a lot of players are going to get that sort of treatment. I'm sure David Ortiz is obviously going to get several tributes. He will, you know, teams are going to respect David Ortiz. You know, they'll, they'll definitely bring him up uh, when it comes down to pregame ceremonies. Uh, but I, I just think uh, David Ortiz, one of the most consistent players in the game uh, ever since he put on the Red Sox uniform, and even up till this, this, this time, yeah, he's not going to bat you 350 but it'll still hit you 25 bombs with ease. Uh, and Ortiz, you know, he's going to have that sort of season, like I just mentioned. Uh, as it comes to the rest of the team, they have a bunch of young kids. I'm looking forward to Mookie Betts. I think Mookie Betts is going to be an elite player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, like, much like I was mentioning with Michael Conforto, I can see Betts in the same, uh, in the same I guess, uh, same level of, of future bowl player to just look out for. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Hanley Ramirez bounces back. They're already looking into uh, replacement of Pablo Sandoval. He's been uh, targeted by the San Diego Padres in the last couple of days uh, as a possible trade uh, trade bait. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Red Sox. They did improve in the back end of the bullpen with adding Craig Kimbrell, and then the Yankees answered the role with Chapman. So right. it, it all works out for the Yankee side as well. Uh, but, it, yeah, the Red Sox is going to be an interesting bunch. Again, it's the sort of team that can either have a really bad season or a really good season. We'll see what 2016 brings. Definitely. Once again, we're on with Rich Rivera. He's talking uh, Major League Baseball opening day coming up. You see, they're doing a little different this year. There's going to be three games on Sunday and four on Monday. They're going to be nationally um, broadcasted. Did you see that? I actually haven't checked out the uh, the schedule. I'm actually going to go over there right now to take a look. But I know it, it, the schedule is usually weird because I know at first it, it's supposed to be one game, usually it's a night game they have right. at ESPN. I remember they've been doing it for years. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a little different now. 
the uh, the schedule has definitely uh, has changed. Let's take a look once again. It's four games: St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and uh, Tampa Bay. The Mets and the Royals, of course, the home opener at that uh, in Kansas City, and uh, the Angels and Cubs. So uh, that's it's it's different. I haven't really seen. There's never been this many uh, many games on uh, opening day. And that's that's the funny thing too. And then. Which makes what makes it tough, and I understand. You know, you gotta do whatever is on the schedule. You gotta make it work. It's also the same day as WrestleMania for a lot of people, so there will be split. You know, split audiences, especially for that Mets game. But I think the the Mets diehard fans are gonna watch that regardless. So uh, it, it's gonna be interesting seeing three games on a Sunday ex- instead of that just that one opening game. Cause I kind of got used to that, like you were saying. Uh, right. I do want to just get your early thoughts on division winners. Okay. Like, who do you have in the uh, AL East? All right. So, in the American League East, I'm gonna be go. I'm gonna go with uh, the Blue Jays here. I-, I just think the Blue Jays are all the team to beat. And yet, uh, once again, took took a hit in pitching, but I- I- this team is still poised to win. They're gonna hit a bunch of bombs out there. And the AL East, when it comes down to it, they're gonna be facing a, a ton of AL East teams. I think they're facing within their first couple of months, 22 games between the Red Sox and the Yankees already. Uh, so wow. they can already jump that division. Uh, it, it's it, they're definitely the teams to beat in the AL East. Okay, and now for the uh, Central, the Central Division. Okay, so Central Division is interesting. You know, I want to say Kansas City, but the pitching of the Royals pitching is a is a question mark to me, and I, I just I don't see them repeating the same success for this year. I think they're going to be great. Uh, I think they're going to win this division. But they're not going to be as impressive. I don't think they're going to be the 95-win club that they were in 2015. Uh, one team I would look out for that interesting, and it's not the White Sox. They made several different additions. I think the Indians have a good shot at making, you know, making a pretty mm. good run, uh, even if it's like a Houston Astros sort of run where they're out, you know, uh, back and forth at the top of the division and ends up making it on the wild card. The Indians have a strong rotation. They have some great players uh, in the mix, some good core players, and Brantley, although he's going to be missing for some time. Um, and uh, Francisco Lindor, who is already considered among the top shortstops in the game, but under a year in his uh, major league belt. Well, that's you know, I was also thinking if the White Sox, you know, just allow kids to stay in the dugout, maybe they'll win some more games. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> going to the yeah. AL West. <laughs> Poor Derek. Yeah. <laughs> you don't deserve that. No. <laughs> AL West, who you got? AL West, okay, I got the Houston Astros in the American League West. I think they're going to redeem themselves for, for collapsing from last season. This is another team that has a, such a good core, young core of, uh, of players. Uh, Altuve, of course, is the front. But Carlos Correa, uh, I mean, already compared to as early Alex Rodriguez, pre-Roy mm, Alex Rodriguez. Pre-Roy. I mean, <laughs> I mean he's, he's going to be a stud. Uh, Keiko looks like, seems to be the real deal. They just have a great young core. I think that's where... This is the consistency among all these teams. They have a great core of young players. The, mm. the Indians, the Kansas City Royals, and I'll mention uh, next with, I guess, with the Mets. But uh, I guess we could take it right to that, the National League East. I got the Mets. So. Okay. You got the Mets, <laughs> National League East. That, hey, that works. I had the Mets also. So as much as the Nationals made some moves, bringing in Daniel Murphy, I don't think it's going to make that big a difference. So, you know, I'm okay with the Mets at, in winning the East. The Central for the National League? The Central for the National League. Where I have it gets interesting. I said the Cubs. I said the Cubs before. I think they they definitely are the teams to beat. Uh, great, they have great power among the, on the corners between Rizzo and Bryant. 
Uh, adding Jason Hayward wasn't even a necessary move, but they did it anyway. And this is a guy who can really turn it around. You know, this guy coming off uh, one of the uh, fine rookie season hasn't really found, didn't really find it in Atlanta for his uh, his next four seasons, and uh, and between Atlanta and St. Louis, sorry. But I, I think this is a, a this is going to be a turnaround year for Hayward. Yes, he's coming off a big contract, and sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. You get a big contract, you get paid, and then just, you just fall off, and it is what it is. You got your money, though. Mm. But Jason Hayward, I'm looking forward to. I think he's going to have a good year. So I got the Cubs in that division. Okay, and finally, that wild NL West. The wild, wild West. You know, yeah. people are already going to go try to go with the Dodgers. You know, 92-win season. They got Kershaw. They got Puig. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to be great. I just I don't have the Dodgers. And hell, I don't even have the Giants. And this is the, the even year. You know, this is yeah. consistent for the Giants. 2010, 2012, 2014. You think 2016? Okay, it's, it's going to be a World Series team. I don't got the Giants in this division either. I have the Arizona Diamondbacks. Wow. The Diamondbacks made some key moves during this offseason. Uh, they really needed to address their pitching. And hell, did they address that pitching, bringing in uh, uh, Zach Reiki and Shelby Miller. Those are big additions. Uh, this is a team that many people forget led the National League in offense. Between A.J. Pollock and Paul Goldschmidt, they got great core players there. David Peralta is another player. He's uh, going to be starting out in right field for them to look after. And if you're drafting in fantasy right now and you have, like, uh, an 11th, like the 10th round, 11th round, and you need an outfielder, I'd say draft that kid. I think he's going to have a big year for them. So I got the Diamondbacks uh, wrapping up the, uh, the National League. Well, so there you have it. That's your uh, predictions for the 2016 season. I'm going to keep this tape, obviously. We're going to check back in October. Let's Absolutely. See, Let's do it. See how it goes, and hopefully it's all good. Rich, uh, thank you so much, man, for spending some time with us and uh, dropping your knowledge, as always. You got it. Anytime, bud. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. That was Rich Rivera. Once again, the uh, head analyst when it comes to sp- comes to baseball, I should say, for keeping it a real sports. Does a great job every time. His articles, once the site is going to be up within another week, the site will be ready and up again. You get to read all his past articles and some of the new stuff hopefully he will be working on for this season. Now, he said some things, obviously, about the Yankees being maybe an 85-win team. They only won 87 last year, so it's definitely in the ballpark. And, you know, as a Yankee fans, as Yankee fans, we are spoiled. We're spoiled with the fact that we're used to the Yankees winning upwards to 95-plus games every season always being in the title hunt, always winning the AL East, or being the wild card. There are no guarantees anymore. It's sad to believe that, but there's just no guarantees. It's just one of those things where you think about it as... As Yankee Yankee fans, you have to put things in perspective. And I'm not too sure if we are ready for that transition, but it, it's this is what it is. We may get lucky and actually have another decent season and have our young players still develop and just jump right in and keep the train moving, but we're trying desperately to avoid a drought. And what I mean by a drought is like below 500 records, never making the playoffs. We're trying desperately to avoid that because when you're a Yankee fan, you just don't want to go back to those times. It's been a long time since we had to be that type of team. It's all the optimism in Queens right now. Yankee fans, you just don't want it. And there's nothing you pointed out in regards to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are a better team. The Dodgers, I feel like, you know, they, they lost a little bit this offseason. 
they're gonna be good because they, they they have a lot of talented players. Don't get me wrong, you know it's it's gonna be different. They're gonna have a different manager for the first time in a while. So it, it's gonna be one of those things where you want to just watch how people take it. You know, watch how people take the manager's advice. Watch how they take the play that's done on the field. Let's be honest. A lot of plays, Mattingly, as much as I'm a big fan of his, you know, from the Yankee years, he dropped the ball in some places. And that Mets series, which I thought was very winnable for the Dodgers, you get a game five at home and you don't get the job done. It's really inexcusable. It has to get done. Um, I'm a little surprised by that. Still. But uh, the Mets did what they had to do. They got the job done. They made it to the World Series. May not have won it, but they they got hot with Daniel Murphy. And he's in a Nationals uniform. So, like I said, it's going to be a very, very interesting season this year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how opening day turns out. I want to see how the ratings go. I mean, doing it, like breaking it up, having Sunday games, Saturday, I mean, Monday games. I thought that's a different shakeup. I like it. For everybody that's a hardcore baseball fan, there's a lot of baseball to watch. And I think it'll work. I like the idea. Now everyone's a wrestling fan. So, I have faith in it. With that being said, once again, give us a call. 516-900-2278. If you have thoughts, that's 516-900-2278. At Ed Easton Jr. is the Twitter. Hit me up on there. Coming up, we got some more uh, hot news and notes, as well as the breakdown of these. This whole—I don't know what's going on in the NBA. Not even—it's not even sports-related. Half the stuff that's going on off the court with D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie Irving got all that coming up. You're listening to Sports Social at Easton. Be right back.
yesterday But too many storms have come and born Leaving a trace of not one god given ray Is it because my life is ten shades of gray I pray all ten fade away Sell the praise them for the seven days And like his promise is true Only my faith can undo The many chances I blew To bring my life to an end Clear blue and unconditional Skies have dried the tears from my eyes No my lonely cries My only lead and hope is for the folk Who can't cope with such an enduring pain That it keeps them in the pouring rain Who's to blame for two and gain into your own vein? What a shame, you shoot and aim for someone else's brain You claim the insane and aim to stay in time for falling prey to crime I say the system got you victim to your own mind Dreams are hopeless aspirations and hopes are coming true Believe in yourself, the rest is up to me yeah. Go, go chasing waterfalls Please stick to Sometimes you gotta stop chasing waterfalls, you know? TLC, a little classic throwback once again. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Call us up, 516-900-2278. Got plenty of more to come, to come on the show, like I said. It's gonna be taking one of those turns when we, like I said, we're gonna be discussing the whole Kyrie Irving, his problem, as well as D'Angelo Russell, his issue. That's gonna be coming up on the show. For actual NBA news and stuff that actually happened on the court, I think we should just like mention that a little bit. As you all know, if you watched on TNT last night, the uh, Cavaliers fell to the Rockets after having a double-digit lead for most of the game. LeBron James did not play, but he was very vocal on the sideline, thought he was the coach. Oh, I'm sorry, he is the coach, but he just doesn't have the official title. Yelling from the sideline at players and... It didn't work out. Kyrie Irving, who we were talking about, had a great game over 30 points. Kevin Love disappearing. Once again. That seems to be a big deal. So, uh, Kevin Love, you know, it's funny because I'm such a Kevin Love guy. I thought he was such a great player. Not just with Minnesota, but the way he's, his style is. He knows how to grab rebounds, be in the right spot. Guy was like a double-double machine. I don't know if he doesn't like the big spotlight in Cleveland, the fact that he is the third member of the big three there. Because some players can't embrace it. I go back to the Chris Bosh situation. The guy embraced the role completely. I don't know if he's ready for that type of situation because LeBron James may not be the easiest guy to play with. Let's put that in perspective. I don't know if it's true or not, but it just seems like he's not... The type of guy that's, you know, been good with players like Kevin Love. I don't think he's a LeBron James guy. Even when LeBron's not playing, you expected Kevin Love to do more than, you know, what he did in the second half. The guy was basically invisible. And that's not going to get the job done. I think Kevin Love, like I said, is a great player, just has to, I don't think Cleveland's just not the fit. He shouldn't have re-signed there. It, it just didn't make sense. You may win a title, but I don't know how if you're not the one contributing. I mean, 
Everybody talked about Boston. He would be a great fit in Boston. I still think he'd be a great fit in Boston. I just their offense, the way they're set up, it would. He would be him and Isaiah Thomas would have a field day. It's just little mistakes like that. I think he really should have went there. And and I feel like Brad Stevens is the type of coach that would work with Kevin Love and work him within that system. And I'm going a lot of self assumption, but that would have been a move. Without question, that would have been a move. The other game they had uh, last night, Golden State. Golden State Warriors, they took on the Washington Wizards. Obviously, Golden State picked up the win. They actually got a little close towards the end, which was um, something that is going to be a problem. And I, I don't know if you were watching the game, but Steve Kerr really showed his frustration when he had to bring Steph Curry back in just to finish the game. He shouldn't have to do that. It's especially when it's a game where you know it's basically over. You you just don't you don't need it. You just don't you don't need to put Steph Curry back in a game where you have him beaten and there should never be a situation where the Wizards are coming back like that. It, it was ridiculous. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how to even put it in perspective. I mean, you're talking about trying to become a team that's just getting your players some time to rest. You want to break that record of 73. You got to make sure you guys get some rest and having to put them back in just to finish out a game that should have been well in hand. That's that's rough. That is really rough. But, um... It, Another thing that I think to me was the bigger story between that Golden State Warriors and uh, Washington Wizards matchup, not John Wall versus Steph Curry. I thought it was the the overwhelming love that uh, Craig Sager, who still is working, and he, he refuses to just stay home and just let the cancer beat him. He's still working his way back. And he's still fighting. And, you know, I talked about it on Monday a little bit, how just how he, he was. And I, I mean, this it's really interesting. It's just really interesting how he, he still continues to fight. And, it, and you can see how the players and coaches respond to him because he's still doing his job. He's still professional no matter what. And the coaches are kind of like, this is more important. And, and just to give you a, a little background on what I'm actually talking about. This is during the game last night. Randy Whitman, who's the head coach of the Washington Wizards, was doing his regular, you know, when the in between in between quarters, they always send a sideline reporter who's usually Craig Sager or David Aldridge or someone else to speak with the head coach. And during this timeout, it was with um Craig Sager and Randy Whitman and and it was really touching what Randy Whitman said. Mind you, his team is fighting for a playoff spot. Every game is critical. It, it, you just got to hear it. Well, wait, you're trying to do what nobody's been able to do all year, and that's beat the Warriors here at home. After the first quarter, down five, you feel like you're still in a position? What well, you like? first of all, this game means nothing, Craig. Uh, having you back, uh, it's been 32 years since I've known you, and there's a lot of people out there that are praying for you 
and you got to just keep fighting because I love that you're back here. I miss you, all right, and we'll continue to pray for you, and you just keep fighting. Other than that, I like where we're at. All right, that's all we need to know. All Thank right, you very thanks. much for everything. Back to you, Marvin. And that's, but that's really what it's about. I thought it was just a classy gesture from Randy Whitman, you know, and and I know he, Craig's going to get it for the rest of the, the rest of the season as well as the playoffs. It's that's just the way it has to be. I mean, the guy, you know, it's he's meant so much to the league, and people just want to show how much they care and love him. We don't know what's going to happen with the situation. You heard of different reports that saying that it is terminal, it's a terminal illness, leukemia, but he's not going to let it just beat him down. He's going to keep fighting. And I, I just think that's that's the that's the incredible part. And also, uh, Steph Curry at the post game, he gave his thoughts as well as he spoke with Craig Sager. This uh, this NBA for you, I mean, capable of going on runs, and it's tough to to finish out, and close out teams, uh, especially with situations going on down the stretch of the season. So just gotta stay ready. Personally, are you getting tired? You didn't have a break at All-Star. A lot of teams, particularly the Spurs, are resting players. Did you use the rest? I mean, seeing you and doing what you're doing, I mean, we, we got no excuses. So, uh, you know, you're an inspiration for us to, you know, just keep doing what we're doing, keep fighting. And uh, that's the mentality we have, and it's kind of contagious, so thank you. And that's from Steph Curry. Like I said, that was the post-game of last night's game. It, it's stuff like that is is just great, and you want to hear more stories like that instead of the one that obviously we're going to be talking about. Well, the couple we're going to be talking about with the different relationship breakdowns and uh, cheating and all the stuff that's going on amongst the uh, some of the players in the NBA. That's some of the good stories that you want to hear more of. That's just what it is. It's it's good stuff like that. You know, Craig Sager, good guy. We wish him the best, but uh. It was good to see that. Good to see him out there. That's that's really more you could take from it. Now, there weren't always so there weren't so many good things to be said last night. And I don't know if some people caught Russell Westbrook. He had some choice words for former teammate Reggie Jackson. And they weren't nice words. I'll just give you a little background. The Thunder lost to the Pistons last night. And he spoke. He spoke about Reggie Jackson because Reggie Jackson was celebrating at the end of the game. He felt like what Reggie Jackson was doing was very uh, disrespectful. And <laughs> in a Russell Westbrook fashion, he, uh, you know, he shared his opinion. It may not have been in the... Uh, kindest of ways but uh you know i'm gonna let you guys take a listen and bear with us he is not a he's not gonna use very uh, nice language so uh just it's advice just let you know that did you take exception to that yeah i did actually uh honestly i think some real i don't i don't appreciate it for our team and our organization i don't like it at all but you know it is what it is um we see him down the line we, we take care of that when we, when we get there. What did you like from the bench players tonight? We got a lot of mix tonight. What, did you, what were the positives? Uh, I thought they did a good job of playing playing together, man. I thought um, you know they came in with a good mindset um, and still played the Thunder basketball. Reggie didn't leave you guys on good terms. Is there is that 
mostly the hangover there is the, is the way that he left the organization? I mean, you know, it's not. It doesn't matter to me, honestly. He wasn't changing nothing for us. Um, obviously, he didn't want to be here. He's at a better spot. He's not doing too much of a difference, if you ask me. Um, so, um, you know, he's going to stay over here in Detroit. We're going to stay over here. And, you know, we we see him uh, next season. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. So, uh, Russell Westbrook, not a big fan of Reggie Jackson at the moment. And, and you know, just to get people in perspective, he was celebrating at the after a big shot. And every player does. I think Russell Westbrook is number one known for doing that. But a lot of this has to deal with the personal animosity between the two. Obviously, Reggie Jackson served as Russell Westbrook's backup for a while. He actually played very well once Westbrook got hurt that year. And he was not happy with his role. He felt, felt like he's a starter. He felt like he's a main player. So, obviously, he was shipped off to Detroit, where he has performed pretty well. I mean, he's not a superstar, but he has performed well. And uh, Russell Westbrook just showed how he feels about Reggie Jackson. And it's always going to be a, a very sensitive topic. And uh, Russell Westbrook's one of those players, as well as uh, Kevin Durant, who are not afraid to speak their mind to the media. They're not afraid to uh, just throw it out there, say how they feel. And it's it's always interesting to see a, a player's reaction to just something as simple as, you know, just, oh, okay, he was he was celebrating, you know, just it, it's just a it's like a code within the NBA. And we're gonna definitely talk about certain things such as codes very soon. So uh Definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, once again, I'm taking phone calls. Number is 516-900-2278. If you have thoughts on what I just spoke about or anything else. Also, you can hit me on the Twitter. That is at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. At Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. We're going to keep things going. Keep the music going as well. And uh, this, I, th- I guess this song has a little bit of relevance to what we're going to be talking about with the next hour. But uh, I'm gonna just gonna jump into it. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back. What your man got to do with me? I got a man. 
ever. We can't have nothing. It all depends. Well, if we can't be lovers, then we can't be friends. Well, then I guess it's nothing. Well, hey, I think you're puffing. Well, I'ma call my man. Well, I can get ragamuffin. You better catch a flashback. Remember, I'm not crabbing it. You know my style, but I'm not having it. All I remember is an excuse me, miss. You can't get a girl like me with a line like this. Well, look, I treat you good. My man treats me better. I talk sweet on the phone. My man writes love letters. I'll tell you that I want you and tell you that I can. My man says the same, except he's sincere. Well, I'm clean-cutting down. Kicking like a turbo booster. You won't love and you don't have to ask when. Your man's a headache, I'll be your aspirin. All confusion, you know, I'll solve them. I got a man. You got a what? How long you had that problem? What your man got to do with me? I got a man. I'm not trying to hit that seat. I got a man. What your man got to do with me? I got a man. I'm not trying to hit that. I got a man. Hey, yo, baby, put it down. No preservatives and additives. I, I told you I treat you right. I oh, come on, now ain't no future friend. I'm not little throwback once again positive k i got a man i feel like that's so fitting for the the topic you know the next topic that we're about to jump into regards to what's going on with uh Kyrie and what's going on with uh you know that whole situation like i said it's got out of control even the whole d'angelo russell nick young situation so that all kind of just ties in together uh once again this is sports social ed easton call us up 516-900-2278 and I'm just still trying to put the pieces together as to why, especially the situation with D'Angelo Russell. How does that even happen if you're, you know, you're a rookie? Why would you put yourself in that situation to be a part of somebody else's, you know, like, why would you want to put yourself in that situation? It's so bizarre. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm like I said, young, it could be the case. I'm not talking Nick Young. Let's talk about him being very young. It's got to be one of those situations where you feel like he, you know, you're not gonna get the advice from Kobe Bryant. Who could he turn to? Because I, I don't even know at this point. I've, I've rarely heard of a situation become this public the way it has, and so fast. Regarding D'Angelo Russell. a lot of drama man I mean you want to hope for the guy you want to hope that he can pull it together he's a great player I I've heard different things but probably about the Lakers maybe looking to trade him if this doesn't work itself out because if guys don't trust you it could be a long day at the office every day so now people are posting little clips about him not getting the ball and begging for the basketball people not passing to him because of the situation It takes away from what I think he was going to have. He was just starting to have a really decent rookie season. But uh, it's a violation. You know, we could say it's a violation of guy code and go deep into that type of talk. But it's just, you just got to be smart. 
Some things, I don't know if you could learn that in school or not. He's still a young guy. He's only 20 years old. Just, you just don't do that. Now, in regards to Iggy Azalea, I don't know what her response is going to be. I don't know how far it's going. I don't know if her and Nick Young are going to keep this private. But uh, I can almost guarantee that it's going to continue to be a, a topic for the rest of the season. Probably in the offseason. I think that Byron Scott really... Not, he's nothing he could, but he could do. I mean, Byron Scott can save, but so many things. If they're looking for the head coach to save the situation. There's no way he can jump in and just say, "Oh, well, you guys be nice to D'Angelo." Like this is a business, a grown man now at this point. I know he's a kid, but he's in a grown man's world, and it's it's tough for anybody to really defend what he did. And I'm continuing to try to find the words. Nick Young, I'm not saying he's been the model citizen, and but he's out there right now. Maybe looking for a couch to sleep on because that's uh, it's pretty bad. I don't think it's going to go to a point of like a, a physical altercation, and I don't think we'll know about it. But when you hear players talk about they're not sitting with him, they don't trust him. He's the point guard. Like, should Kobe Bryant jump in and say something? Who knows? I know someone who knows. Links, how you doing, man? How you doing, man? Like, you know, uh, this is it's been a it's been a crazy, crazy morning, even last night when this story broke. We're gonna jump right into it. This D'Angelo Russell, Nick Young thing, can you tell us what you know about it? I mean, okay, so as, you know, two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I believe, um, we've seen a video leak online of D'Angelo Russell holding, a, you know, his phone or stuff like that, of that nature, and then all of a sudden, he's filming Nick Young say things about cheating on his fiance, Iggy Azalea, who we all know, who is a famous rapper that we all like, hate, you know, all this good stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, that's one way of so, saying it. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I don't like her. Anyway, moving on from that point, so now what we have is Nick Young saying, oh, yeah, she was 19. I dealt with her last summer, and this is why they're going out. So everyone's looking at it like, wow, he actually leaked this. So now it's ramping up to the point that, his teammates don't trust him at all. They don't mess with him. They don't even, you can see in the games, they don't want to pass him the ball. Now I reach out to social media and everyone's just getting wind of it. And now finally, D'Angelo's saying that it was a prank that he meant to put on Snapchat and none of it was real. What? It's too late for that. Because <laughs> now you have the team not trusting you. That just makes it even worse that it was real and that it, the deed was done. Now, I, I think we speak for all male here when we're saying that Nick Young was in the wrong if he allegedly cheated on, on his um, fiance. Right. We all agree with that. Yeah, we agree. But there comes to a code that every man has been taught, you know, of our age, like mm -hmm. I mean, late 80s, early 90s at least, that you know there's a code between not only teammates, but brotherhood and none of men. And that got broken. 
Oh, it's a guy I don't know code, if it's like yeah. a younger generation. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a younger generation. Because the younger generation maybe had their own guy code where they do this for fun. He did this for fun. He hmm. put things on social media for fun. When we were taught, things like this just don't go anywhere. Any type of video is on, if allegedly it happens, you just don't say nothing or record anything. So that's why it's such a big uproar that this man is basically not going to be trusted anymore in life. Well, yeah. especially in the NBA. Well, yeah, definitely in the NBA. And I, I can see this moving forward. Now, if you're the Lakers, how do you handle the situation? Is is there something you can do? I'm talking about the management side. Oh, yeah. Like, what can yeah, you do? On the management side, yeah, you can do. Like, okay, people already half and half on D'Angelo Russell. Maybe it's because of Brian Scott not playing him enough. Maybe it's his immaturity. But if this goes into next season and no one trusts him still, you have to look at the possibility of trading. Anyone can be traded. If your name is not Kim Durant, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, you can get traded in this league. So some people are like, oh, he's a trading. He can't be a trading piece for the Lakers. He's a French. No, he's not a franchise player. He can be traded. And if it becomes detrimental to the team, especially next year, look for a trade. Mm. I think they will do that. I think it's a high possibility, unless he's like averaging 20, 10, and winning games on a consistent basis. But other than that, I don't see him going. I mean, I don't see him staying on the Lakers. All right. Now, let's switch it to Nick Young. What What do you think his thoughts are at this moment? Because uh, obviously uh, he's the, he, he's what? a weird victim, in, I guess, if you want to call us a victim in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird on this because he's supposed to be the victim, but he's supposed to be also the villain in it because, you know, you have Iggy Azalea says, thank you, you know, D'Angelo. I'm not mad. Thank you for letting us know about the video. And so now Nick Young is looked as half and half the villain, the victim. At this point, there's something you can do to live life in L.A., man. Honestly, just think of J.R. Smith's New York life. I'm talking about the pre-Cleveland J.R. Smith. Just live life because you can't do anything about this, honestly, oh, unless you just, like, shower her gifts, hope, you know, she takes you back. Something else he can do. Oh, man. Honestly. Tough talk. Let's get around the phone with Lincoln. Link's Rickets right now. Now, I, I want to switch over to probably something that turned very dark. And this was another mm. big story that broke with uh, another guard. This is Kyrie Irving uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. His girlfriend, or now, can we say ex-girlfriend right now? Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, you can say that. Ex-girlfriend, yeah. What was this situation? Because it, got, it went from being comical, you know, we kind of like... Everybody was jumping then, on him. We all to... participated. I participated as well. <laughs> yeah, it did. And then it turned for us. What, uh, what you're speaking of is Kyrie Irving and Kalani. Well, we all know that uh, a lot of people don't know who Kalani is. She's a Grammy-nominated artist. Um, she's from Oakland. But uh, she was dating uh, one of Drake's artists. His name is Party Next Door, mm. also known as PND. And, you know, it was known in the bloggers, music community that they were dating. So Kalani leaves. P&D, she goes with Kyrie Irving. They show so much love on Instagram, especially like two weeks ago, showing a whole bunch of love. Now all of a sudden, Party Next Door sends a picture <laughs> on Instagram saying, having her hand with the tattoo that she's known for with work on it, saying, um, with all the shenanigans, she's, I'm in bed with an R&B singer. So we all making fun of shenanigans. So, you know, Kyrie Irving having the Mr. Crowd's face, we all have him looking like, you know, Bryson Tiller and being sad. But all of that <laughs> yeah. literally just boiled over for Kalani's side, everyone accusing her of cheating, not knowing the whole situation. And because she couldn't handle the pressure, a lot of people don't know is that Kalani 
you know, growing up, before she glowed up, you know, you got to use the social term, glowed up. Glowed up. She had problems with her looks, you know, not just full on depression, but she had very low self-esteem. So all that things boiling over calling the cheater may have caused an episode within herself that she almost took her life. And because of that, you know, she wanted Instagram to explain herself with P&D by her side. So it's so mm. very sticky with the situation that it became so funny, like, oh, we're making fun, we're making fun, making fun, right. until someone almost, you know, possibly took their life. So, you know, gladly that she's not, she didn't do that, and hopefully they both, all three parties can move on from this, you know, from parties' pettiness to Kyrie having to drop like 30 every game now to show that. He already he started it. About Kalani, he started you know? it already. <laughs> and, you know, just all three parties just, just be on their own little island and just not, you know, deal with each other from that time being. But hey, we'll see. It was fun for maybe three hours until that happened. It, it got real very quickly. Now, just another part in regards to that. It's She kept deleting her Instagram. Like, she would put it up and then delete it. Uh -huh. And then yeah, again, I didn't get that generation. part. Yeah, I didn't get that. Generation, man. I, I, they have to put everything on social media. But, like, why? I, I, you know, I don't even understand the suicide pick. Like, you know, her being in the hospital. Like, why put that picture up? You know what I mean? Like, why would you do that to yourself? That's the um, part I don't yeah. get. You don't get it because it's new generation. Okay, okay. Maybe that's that's what it is because that, that to me... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> where you can like literally base it off new generation. That's it. My God. Okay. Like, we don't do that. No, no. It's It was very odd, very weird. And then uh, just to put the icing on the cake, the unnecessary icing on the cake, Chris Brown mm -hmm. decided to go to Twitter no, last night. If there was a generation award of whose man's is this, it has to go to him. Oh like my a God. lifetime generation because he just came out of nowhere. I mean, I understood that he is uh, he is really good friends with Kyrie Irving. And right. I mean, I understand that, but still, the leaps and bounds he went just to go after, I'm like, yo, bro, you got to chill out. But then again, it's Chris Brown. You can't tell him what to do. Not even his PR. It's it, it was ridiculous. I'm reading. I'm like, why would you even? Why would you even mention that? You don't suicide is something you really can't joke around about. You know, you kind of just exactly. stay away from it completely. That's the best thing you could do with a situation like this. And mm -hmm. just wow, that's the way I look at it. And it's funny we have all this information. We talking about these two guards, and we're not even actually talking about what they're doing on the court. It, it's a shame that yeah, it's it's become that the NBA's become more of a soap opera behind the scenes. Whether you talk about the Kardashians and Harden, or you're talking about um, Derek Fisher and Gloria Govan and Matt Barnes, you know it's it's ridiculous. It's this season alone. Oh, it looks like we lost Lincoln along the way. It was that depressing that we lost Lincoln <laughs> on the line. But uh, you know what? It it actually he made a lot of great points that it is this generation. It is some of the decisions that they're making. I don't know. From what I was taught, you know, there's a code to things. You just don't say certain things. You don't do certain things. It, it was rough. It's rough that you don't want to wish harm on anyone. And that was really what happened. And I, Lincoln, I think you're back. Are you back, Lincoln? Okay. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. We're it, we going back to what you said about how we're talking about this. It's March. Okay. Usually, this is literally the dullest point of the NBA. Yeah. Why is because we have seen other teams get set on other news hasn't you know uh, NBA news haven't been publicized anything like that. The only thing you're really worrying about is the AC for both conferences, which regards either the Rockets or Dallas or it goes into Detroit 
or the Bulls, you know. And there's no big news with that. You all know uh, what LeBron going to be tweeting again or he sat again. That's going to be big news of what he tweeted. You know, it's March. This is one of the lowest points uh, in terms of NBA news-wise, not celebrity or player news-wise for the NBA. Exactly. And I do want to, you know, let you leave on this note. The mm-hmm. the Russell Westbrook, I, I played the clip of him uh, talking about Reggie Jackson's celebration and his thoughts in regards to that. Uh, why this beef? You, you're a big Oklahoma City Thunder fan, mm-hmm. and you follow them. This beef is getting bigger and bigger every year, it feels like. Why is yeah, there so much yeah. animosity? Why? Because Reggie never wanted to be there, and he never wanted to be buying into the team. And he, he I mean, he got what he wanted, and he possibly going to do bigger things as in the playoffs. But he always showed animosity towards the team in the first hand because he wanted to, to start. He, I mean, I don't know how you're going to start over Westbrook, but he wanted to be the tool guard, but he couldn't play in that type of system, type of role. And because of that, he didn't want to play games. He wanted to show full effort. And they acknowledged that before they traded him by saying, you know, everyone wants to be here except for one guy. And that one guy was Reggie Jackson. Wow. So when he did all that, you know, hooping, hollering over winning against OKC without their full team, even Westbrook and even Steven Adams was like, who is like typically a tight-lipped guy, mm-hmm. who was like, yo, why are you doing this? Like, I mean, bro, like, come on. Like, it's just it's a regular game. I understand that you act like this is a playoff game. Like, you just beat the Warriors or something like that. And they took offense to that. And I understand. I, I know Reggie wants to prove something. Always want to prove something. Like, I'm better than you, you know. But, um... I mean, hopefully they pass the first round. That's the only way you can, you know, show that you're better than your competition. Well, apparently the celebration, I don't think it was that much. I felt like that uh, Westbrook was a little bit in his feelings and it's a lot because of the animosity between the two. But I didn't think the, the celebration was too much that Reggie Jackson was doing. I, I feel like Westbrook does a lot more for a lot less of a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if you saw the play, but um, I did. Yeah. It was 1.1 seconds. But the thing is, the difference was he literally ran around the whole court. Mm. That's the only thing I was like, if he just stood still and just did the whole pumping your crowd, oh, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But he was like running around the whole court, and then he looked back at the bench and said, go home, go home, like, you know, leave. Like, those things that Westbrook doesn't do, that he just gives you a scowl and just stays there, raises his hand to this crowd, and goes, runs into his locker room. Reggie didn't do that. Reggie did a little bit more than the usual, you know, victory lap. Yeah, Shaq on Inside the NBA last night actually defended Westbrook to an extent because he said when a player that's not that good celebrates around you, it just bothers you, especially if he's not like an elite player, he's not an all-star player. That's what Shaq was saying. He would feel the same way if someone else below him was doing that. I mean, uh, Marcus Smart uh, did it last time, and then Westbrook was like, you know, that was cool. He got his career high of 24 points, but just know I do this. And when he says, I do this, he does do this. And the next time they played, Marcus Smart shot one for 11. I only had like four points, and Westbrook had a triple-double. So there's kind of these things that he remembers in his head. He doesn't forget. <laughs> he never forgets. Don't let Westbrook fool you like he don't care who he's playing. So let's know that. Good stuff. Uh, thanks again, Lynx, for uh, checking in and giving us the update on what's going on this crazy NBA soap mm-hmm. opera we have. Well, of course. No problem. Have a good one. It's it's interesting. Like I said, you know, just all the different storylines that are going on. You can't write this stuff. You just can't. Well, actually, you could, but I don't know if it would be as good as what we're seeing right now from the NBA. Just really, really funny stuff.
And uh, what we're gonna do right now is uh, we're gonna take a take another break. And when we come back, we're gonna have a we're gonna talk about actually some film. We're actually gonna talk about a special film called uh, Bittersweet. And I, I really want to get all the details regarding it. So we're gonna have Brianna Abdullah and Holly Gouge when we come back. You're listening to Sports Social, and I feel like this song kind of sums up the situation between uh, with Nick Young and D'Angelo Russell. Just saying. We'll be right back.
Classic R. Kelly, Ron Isley, Isley Brothers, Down Low, Nobody Has to Know. I feel like, I, sh- I should say it's more of the Kyrie Irving situation that he's dealing with. And, you know, whenever you talk about love, there's always, there's always something. And I have two special guests on the line with me right now. We have uh, Brianna Abdullah and Holly Gouge here. Yeah, this is Brianna. Hey, how's it going, Brianna? I'm good. How are you? Doing very good. Um, Thank you for having me on the air. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having you know having the time to uh, spend with us and uh, talk about this great film. And uh, just let us know a, a little bit about Bittersweet and um, what should we be expecting? Um, well, Bittersweet is a film about online dating. Um, it's from a guy's perspective, so like it's like from my experience with online dating. I want to use it from a guy's perspective. It's about um, how a guy Aaron, tries online dating to find his perfect match after a bad breakup. So through the film, you'll see his journey of finding that right person kind of thing. So that's what I wanted to show, and I wanted to create it at, at a more universal, a more universal um, story rather than just like a one-dimensional story. So. Okay, so you're gonna be hearing from different, like seeing different point of views in regards to online dating. In a way, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, Aaron's perspective, but in a way, no, you'll just see Aaron's perspective, but in a way, you'll just see his journey. And the reason why I say universal is because anyone can relate to it, guy, girl, anyone. I, I mean, I'm sure everyone has been through that bad breakup. Everyone has been through that online dating experience, and then that. One thing that gives him that wake up call that maybe online dating isn't a solution, but having these friends around me and having maybe my best friend around me is like the solution kind of thing. So that's kind of the message behind the story. And once you take a look at it, and once everyone takes a look at it, they'll have us even a deeper understanding of the film and how, like, yeah, online dating isn't always a solution, and you don't have to push yourself out there in online dating where you can push yourself out there in the real world in the real world kind of thing so okay okay so um you talk about a little bit about the cast and how you went about you know putting everybody together for this film well when it came to putting um the main character Aaron before my mind like it was two o'clock in the morning it was just like I wanted to, like, write more short films, so that's how I came about it with the characters. Um, I just wanted to write a more dynamic character between Holly, who plays Rose, and then Amari Smith, who plays Aaron. Um, Holly's character is more so this vivacious, very obnoxious character, so I wanted to create a very dynamic and challenging character that most girls can relate to because most girls, um, yeah, because because most girls were were um, rose at that age. So wait, give me a sec. Okay. Once again, we're on with Brianna Abdullah, and um, we're talking the the film Bittersweet. And uh, you were saying? 
Um, yeah, I was saying, yeah, how the characters are different, and then there's also more characters in the film. Well, I don't want to give too much away about, but okay. um, throughout the story, um, um, Aaron, throughout the story, Aaron just goes out on these weird dates. So. Okay, I want to make sure Brianna's still there. I think we may have lost her. We're going to see. Well, like she's having a little bit of technical difficulties on that side, but it's okay. We're still here. Uh, this, the film Bittersweet, like I said, I'm just looking at the different promos. Or press 1 for more options. Well, seems like they have uh, disconnected. I hope we can get her back and uh, see what happens. But once again, she was talking about the film Bittersweet. It is a project here done here in Brooklyn. And uh, I like to do is uh, showcase... Different um, things that are coming out, different films, etc. Et so, you know, it's it's one of those things where you kind of hope the um, the film comes out right, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get her on at another time and and see if she can, um, you know, be able to be a part of it. And it's it's a, it should be a good film. So, uh, hopefully, thanks, Brianna, for your time. Uh, looks like we got disconnected. And we're going to keep it going. So, uh, once again, you listen to Sports Social, give us a call at 516-900-2278. And as I'm saying that, the phone lines are lighting up. And uh, who we have on the line? This is Holly Gooch of uh, Bittersweet. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, how's it going, Holly? <laughs> good, good. How are you? Good, good. We had Brianna for a moment. It looks like we got disconnected. Oh no! All right, let me um, let me try to put it through. Hold on. Okay. Well, it looks like we have a. <laughs> this is happening live on air. Wow. Okay. Uh, she's trying to put her through. Hopefully, this doesn't take too long. But uh, you know what? This is what we do. We stall for time. Um, at Eddieson Jr. is the Twitter. Once again, um, thank everybody for listening. You also can catch the show on Google Play. We are available on Google Play for replay as well as on Stitcher Radio. And um, a couple of various other networks, which we will have a list of very soon. So thank you for that. Uh, just a little background, you know, keep it a real sports. You're going to have the website working its way out very soon. Just having to fix a little couple of things. Um, should be out probably within a, within a couple of minutes. Uh, Holly, you still there? Nope. Looks like we may be losing Holly right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here, present. Here. All right, Holly's here. Okay. So, Brianna's not there. No, she's not here. It's fine. What's happening. It, it's okay, but uh, we got you here. So, we're going to talk about... We had just, we were just asking her about the character. She was actually on your character, Rose, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, I play Rose, one of the um, lead characters in the film, Bittersweet. Um, basically, it's a really um, cute romantic comedy about online dating from the male perspective and it's directed by Brianna Abdullah who's an awesome director to work with and um, it's cast with the lead role played by Amari Smith who plays Aaron who's just out of a relationship and he's exploring the world of online dating so it's, it's a really it's a really fun and relatable movie I think for a lot of the millennials out there that are try and navigate the world of online dating so to speak okay okay so you apparently you play like a bit of a, a wild child type of role and uh 
is this something that you know you've you've done a role like this before or this is something new for you this is you know what this is like newish for me <laughs> um i mean like it's not rose is okay i don't want to give too much away but okay she she's not really a wild child so to speak she's She's a 20-something <laughs> uh, young lady, and she's, you know, she's exploring the world of online dating, just like Aaron is, the guy that she goes out with. And not to go, again, not to get too much away in the movie, but she's a bit more um, bubbly and charismatic and a bit, a bit um, inexperienced when it comes to dating. So she's bringing her whole experience with that to the movie okay yeah that, that's the best way to put it without giving you too much <laughs> okay well how about this how about you let everybody know how they can catch the film you know when is this premiere well the film is set to premiere on um wait tomorrow today is the 30th tomorrow on the 31st you can catch it um via video on demand you can also catch it on um indie rain and um, we also have some special listings that are happening on local television in the New York City area. If you just follow A Blast Films on Instagram or Brianna Abdullah on Instagram or myself, it's Googie, I-T-Z-G-O-O-G-I-I-E. We'll be posting all of the information on where you can catch the film, any upcoming screenings, any upcoming reviews, any behind-the-scenes sneak peeks happening you know it will all be on our social media so make sure that you follow us to get any updates and follow the hashtag bittersweet short film all right so there it is bittersweet bittersweet short film thank you so much holly for your time no problem and we look forward to uh checking it out yeah i hope you guys enjoy it definitely have a good Bye. one thanks you too all right, so that was bittersweet. We, we got them eventually. Eventually, we did get them. It was a little bit of technical difficulties. I guess they were trying to get them both at the same time. But, uh, hey, we got the we got it done. It was all good. Uh, definitely looking forward to watching the film. Just want to put that out there once again for different all the creatives that are here. And this is obviously a Brooklyn-based radio station. We wanted to be able to get them a chance to uh, show their work and uh, promote it in the best way possible. So definitely a, a cool project to look out for. And uh, what we're going to do is step aside. You listen to Sports Social here on Soundcast FM. We'll be right back. Trying hard to make it right Not long ago Before I win this fight Everybody's talking all the stuff about me Now, now, they just let me live 
No one can tell me what to do It's my life Cause what are you doing? I'm doing for you now Don't get me wrong I'm really not so Eagle juice is not my thing All these strange relationships Really gets me down I see nothing wrong Once again, that's Bobby Brown, my prerogative. I want to thank all the guests that uh, called in today's show, from Rich Rivera, who talked baseball with us earlier, to Lincoln Ricketts, who talked about the saga that is the the NBA. It has nothing to do with anything on the court. We definitely discussed that, as well as Brianna Abdullah and Holly Gouge for a bitters- for bittersweet film. Uh, just definitely, like I said, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a very interesting show because we're going to be talking all WrestleMania. It's going to be a full preview of the big show. We're going to have Dr. Black here from the Doctors of Wrestling. going to get some interesting phone calls. I know people have opinions on what's going to happen in the uh, biggest night of wrestling, basically. WrestleMania 32 is this Sunday in Dallas, Texas. So we're definitely going to just go into a lot, basically a lot of what's going on regarding it. And uh, it should be very interesting. Looking forward to it. And uh, as well as you guys just for tuning in because you guys are great every time. So uh, for Sports Social, I'm Ed Easton. And before I let you go, how about just a little bit of Michael Jackson? Why not, right? You can never go wrong with that.
again.